So I'm here with um, Chris Davis, aka Dream Fitness. Nice one, brother. Thank yes. you for coming on my podcast. Right. Just done a gym session with you. Got the uh, Mimboso crew here as well, capturing the uh, the content, capturing the pain. Oh, mate, the it was very, 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 very painful yeah. earlier. But thank you very much for putting me through it. Pleasure. So um, my Stephen Sully study, people ask me why I called it that and what it's all about. I like to interview people that in their own right are successful. They're on this journey. Um, wellness and fitness is ingrained into me. I feel if you're going to get into business, you're going to be a family person. If you're going to invest, the number one thing you need to do is become fit. Nutrition and also exercise because without that, you've got nothing. Um, you are the epitome of that. You know, you train all the time, very upbeat person, got this good energy about you. So I wanted to get you on camera and on my podcast to share this content. So who are you? What's your background? Where have you come from? Wow. Okay. So um, my name's, yep, like you said, Chris. Um, I just had a kind of average, normal upbringing, I'd say. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, you know, I'd done my studies at school. Like a lot of kids, didn't really know what I wanted to do when I finished school. Uh, I had like a good group of friends around me who were all uh, excelling in certain areas, uh, like acting and, and things like that. So they were going to go off to university and pursue those, but I had no real uh, desire to do any of those things. And I remember my dad sat me down uh, as I was coming up to my final years and was like, what are you doing with your life? You know, I was always into sport, so played football from the age of five, uh, reached semi-professional level, uh, ended up breaking my ankle, the, the tragic story, and mm -hmm. ending my career um, at a young age. And uh, But yeah, my dad, I remember to this day, he sat me down and was like, what are you doing with your life? You need to choose pretty much now in this conversation. And uh, we sort of talked it out, and I was going to the gym at my school at the time, um, and a funny story about that is, is uh, the guy came in, I remember this massive dude coming in, he was about 21 stone, six foot four, and I was sitting on the floor, I was always like, skinny as a kid, and uh, he was uh, taking lunchtime gym sessions, mm -hmm. and I'd never lifted a weight in my life, and you know, I was playing football, so I was like a bag of bones, plus short as anything. Uh, so my friends and me, we all uh, went down there and hit the gym uh, yeah. and he was sort of like a, a good role model for us because he sort of showed us the way. Uh, funnily enough, 10 years down the line now, we're working in the same gym. Wicked. So um, basically that conversation I had with my dad, um, the guy's name's James Baker. He said, uh, you know, what about what James does? You know, mm -hmm. personal trainer working in the gym. And I was like, oh no, I really, yeah, I think that would be good. So I, I basically asked James what, qualifications he did done all the same qualifications he'd done and then uh yeah that was my journey into the the fitness realm nice um i'm very similar to you in regards to i didn't know what i wanted to do really too much when i was coming out of school i was also told because i i wouldn't call myself stupid but i didn't focus at school at all and i had a few teachers actually make remarks to me and my mum and said look he, he ain't gonna really go far yeah. Um, which I think, obviously, is not very good advice, but it helped, it fueled me to, to go on to other things. So would you say that's kind of the same sort of thing, like, you know, where, where, where you were a little bit uncertain, but then you found something like the gym and training yeah, that gave I, you confidence? I think, obviously, 
as you know, everyone's different. Everyone has their own way of taking on life and their own positive things about them, things they need to work on. And I think, you know, it's really sort of knuckling down and finding out what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've a good <coughs> inspirational story about uh, a lady who was in school back in the day and, you know, she was quite disruptive and, you know, always on the move and the teachers couldn't really set her down to to learn the syllabus that they wanted her to learn, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm not knocking any medication people use these days, but, you know, people in that situation might go to the doctors and it'd be classed as certain things and the kid might be put on medication. Whereas uh, the parents were advised to put this woman into a performance school, so, you know, where she can show her creativity, moving around all the time and stuff like that. And then she went on to create the cast of Cats and the, wow. the choreography for a lot of the West End shows. Mm. So I think, you know, it's, a, it's really about, you know, you could get that bad advice from teachers at school. Yeah. But then it's really where you go from that. Yeah. You know, you can't really put the, the blame. I mean, you've accepted what they told you and then you went on to create the person you are. Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of people are going to come and say you shouldn't do that or you're not going to go far or you need to learn this way. But I think, you know, it's how you take that on board and, you know, use that to fuel your passion mm-hmm. and, you know, really, you know, go out there and, and do, you know, the things you want to do. Yeah. And then eventually then give back. Definitely. I think that's a massive important thing as well. Definitely. So you didn't necessarily get loads of grades and stuff, but it hasn't held you back from pursuing, obviously, if you know, training yourself anyway, but then your, yeah. your, your businesses and yeah. the charity stuff that you're doing. So let's talk about a little bit about your own brand, Dream Fitness. How'd you come yeah. up with that and what's the business behind it? So... Basically, as I got into the the fitness industry, I mean, I was still working at WH Smiths at the time and um, I was uh, basically saving up money there to to build up enough money to do my qualifications. Mm -hmm. So like my my grades at school were okay, you know, because I did like to succeed and I did like to do well, Mm -hmm. but I found I only liked to do well at things that I was passionate about, you know, PE, sports, biology and things like that. And then other subjects were just complete dive because I had no interest in them so basically what I did was I found out what the qualifications I needed and I just put my 100% into to getting those and then basically as soon as I got into the working for my first gym um, my dad being self-employed most of his life you know he was like you know the only way you're going to make money in this world is is uh, working for your own uh, for yourself and like start your own business and he was always like really hard on me you know I'd come back from doing a 12 15 hour shift and he'd be like well what's next like what you do be waiting up for me when I got back at 10 11 at night going what's next like you know so so discipline so to interject was was installed into you or could you were conditioned from an yeah, early age yeah even and, though it sounds yeah. it seemed a bit yeah. brutal actually that tough love sometimes yeah can no. serve you in the future 100 percent. and you know i'm i'm forever grateful for him how he how he raised me and you know it did at the time sometimes when you're you're shattered and you've come home and you feel like come on dad like you know i've, I've done five classes you know i've worked the gym floor for 12 hours you know i've cleaned everything like i'm back at work at six tomorrow and he's waiting up for me saying right what qualification what other qualifications can you do while you're young you know people are going to want young trainers like you know what can you do next what can you do next and uh he coached me in my in my football career since i was five so he was literally my my coach of the team that i played for from five years old all the way up until i made it to semi-pro level quality and um 
I think I've always had that thing inside me where I want to prove myself. Yeah. Prove myself to him. And that's something that I've had to kind of face in the, the last uh, few years where, you know, why am I actually really doing the things that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You know, am I trying to do this out of ego to try and prove that I'm good enough? Or, you know, is it something that I'm really passionate and purposefully like want to do? Yeah. So I think that's something that I've had to deal with. But like, like you said, like that tough love I had my, for my dad, um, it's definitely served me served me well. That's good. I learned a lot. I know you mentioned you were li- uh, listening or reading a book uh, from David Goggins. David Goggins. Yeah, I've Go- just started yeah. that one, yeah. He mentioned, even though I haven't read it, I've listened to some podcasts that he's done or interviews, mm. I think on Joe Rogan, actually. Yeah. Really good podcast interview. Um, he talks about callousing the mind. Callousing the so mind, yeah. So me and you, we train. You've probably got bigger ones than I have, but on, on, on our hands, we've got these call- you know, calluses yeah. where... The skin basically forms over and becomes really, really hard. Yep. And if you now can take that from a mental point of view or emotional point of view, your dad probably helped you develop that as well. So when you go through tough scenarios, because we're all going to go through yep. tough scenarios in life, like it or not, there's going to yep. be people that are going to pass. You're going to get injured. You're going to get illnesses. The economy is going to change. Taxes are going to change. And you are, can either kind of moan and sulk about it or you get tough. Yep. And I feel that... Tough love from your dad will serve yeah. you, but then also going to the gym. That's why I tell people all the time. I've got a couple of podcast episodes where I talk about invest into a good trainer, maybe take up boxing or something that you can compete in because you get used to competing yep. and also having a routine of a champion. So, would you feel that what you do in the gym physically you transfer into other parts of your life? 100%. 100%. I mean, that whole cliche of it being a lifestyle is like is so true to me from like what we did this morning Mm -hmm. like you know from that grind that you're putting in you know in that moment being in the moment like you're not going to take on anything else for the rest of the day that's going to be tougher Mm -hmm. you know then you know when you're trying to press that weight and you feel like you've given everything and I'm saying you've got four more to do yeah you know I mean like when you go out and you you have all these other things in life situations that are going on Mm -hmm. nothing's going to be pushing you to that point where you're going to be in that kind of grind. Yeah. And I think if you can transfer, if you can transfer that kind to, of... To do the same as well, yeah. You can edit this bit out. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know um, my code, yeah? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Pop the code up on the screen. Yeah. Uh, but if you can transfer that kind of mindset of, you know, when you're in that moment and you're trying to push out those last reps, you know, and that's why I'm saying to you, like, these are the ones that count now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all good sitting there looking in the mirror, doing your set of 10... You know, the first five are going to be easy. But I'm talking about, right, when you finished your set, right, let's push four more out, right? Because it's that whole, like you said, that callus in the mind to really push yourself outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And, you know, it's that kind of thing of willpower. Yeah. So, you know, just like anything, I feel like if you continually put yourself in situations where you're having to use your willpower and really push yourself outside your comfort zone, you'll expand and strengthen that kind of willpower. Yeah. So like, you know, you can take bigger steps, you can progress more. Yeah. You can, you know, whereas if you're not used to that and then you're all of a sudden put in a situation where your willpower is tested, it's going to be very, very tough to sort of push through and succeed. And that's why a lot of people quit. Yeah. Especially like with, with fitness. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you can't even stick to a routine and, and you're quitting, when hard things come up in life, you know, you're used to that victim mentality where you're used to quitting. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then I think yeah, that's why the whole fitness thing is a good way to merge into other aspects of your life as well. Definitely, it's definitely a lifestyle. So a couple of things on that note. Um, to coin a phrase that Rob Moore, 
um, funny enough, you're the guy who introduced yeah, me was actually, to yeah. Rob Moore. Yeah. Not directly, but you said listen yeah. to his, his podcast, Disruptive yeah, Entrepreneur, yeah. go on to his courses and they'll get a yeah. mentorship there. He's yeah. now my mentor for my own podcast and I've gone on to it. It's just crazy how things work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much for that. No, for, really uh, no problem, man. Directing all, me there. Uh, help each other. Yeah, man. Um, so he says how you do one thing is how you do everything, which I totally, mm. totally agree with it. So if you don't push yourself in the gym, how are you going to push yourself with your family life? How are you going to push yourself with yep. business? How are you going to push yourself like being a better person or educating yourself? I think it's true. What you were saying about pushing through the pain, there is another thing I recommend anyone watch. It's called AJ, as in Anthony Joshua, Off Limits. It was an interview he had on Sky. Can't remember the lady who interviewed him, but she's the regular person on like the, the boxing. And he said that when you're in a gym and you have like a, a trainer, which is kind of like a mentor for the gym, your body is a lot more stronger than you actually realize. So when you're going through that pain, you need, not need, but having someone next to you and realizing that you can actually get through those sets or yep. you can get through those rounds because your body is a lot more stronger than you can actually possibly yep. imagine. Yep. And like you said earlier, I was going through these shoulder exercises, it was burning. But for some, somehow you just grind, grind yep. it out. Yep. So again, a lesson in life, yep. even when you're feeling a bit of pain, push, push yep. through it and you're gonna get and the results. It's gonna be that mental battle where you're, you're telling yourself as it's burning, you can stop now. Yeah. Like you've done enough and like you can put the weights down, but your body can push through, you know, and that, that it's just that whole thing of like, you know, being a, a personal trainer and working with people from the last 10 years, like I'm providing a sense of accountability to them. Right. And I'm a, a big believer in you have to be accountable to yourself mm -hmm. first. You know, you can't just rely on someone. I'm going to go and see a personal trainer. This is where people get it wrong. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to pay a load of money. I've got a personal trainer and they use that as a, as a kind of excuse, but you need to be accountable within yourself first to be like, I want this for me. And then that's when a personal trainer can really help because then they can come in and then when you do want to quit or you, you know, you're feeling like you're going off track, they can just adjust you back on track again. Mm. But if you fully lent on me, that relationship wouldn't work. Yeah. So like the reason why my clients do so well is because, you know, we, when we talk things out and I, um, like quiz a client before I take them on, you know, I try and address to them that they need to be accountable. You know, I'm not going to come in and completely change their life or whatnot. It's down to them. They've got to want it first. I can guide them in the right direction, mm -hmm. you know, and I can tell them, you know, better food choices to make or, you know, ways to improve their fitness and stuff like that. But you can't be completely reliant on a PT. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people get wrong. In my early days when I was just, you know, banging through clients and, you know, filling up my day, 12 clients a day, you know, these people, a majority of them, they wouldn't actually then go on to succeed and, you know, improve their bodies or because they were so reliant on me. Mm. Whereas they just thought, oh, I'll go and see Chris. You know, I do my one hour of workout for the day and then the 23 other hours in the day, they're off doing their own thing and then, you, you have to be accountable within yourself first yeah. and then you can use the PT. Yeah. Um, going back to uh, what I mentioned about, I've, I've got one episode about investing into a good personal trainer and I would say the three trainers I've had in my life, Ruben Tabares, he's got what, what, his way of doing stuff. Yep. Really good way. 
Charlie Beat, shout out to Charlie Beat, we're in his gym at like big, to lift at the moment. Big up the beats. He's got a way of doing things. And then also yourself, who's trained me for some time, obviously had a session earlier. You've all got your own style, but the one thing that I, a common thing that I got from all three of you is that accountability part. Mm. There's been so many times where you've all said to me, show me what you're eating, show me what you're drinking, mm. show me what you're doing day to day. And if I'm doing something which is not quite right, I get pulled up and that's exactly... Yeah. Yep. And then it, like you said, it conditions you to live the right lifestyle yep. when you're not around. Yep. So the accountability part, again, you can apply this to property. I've got a property mentor, a guy called Steve Mitchell and J Jamie Medill from Progression Property. I've got Rob Moore on my podcast. So he, he says, what, like, what are you going to do this week? Um, nutritionist, obviously training. How important do you think it is to have mentors, people that you can um, definitely I mean, rely on? 100% like so I'm, I'm very similar in terms of you know if I'm going to put myself in a uh, situation or take on a new venture I will definitely go and seek out the best in that industry and surround myself with that that kind of um, knowledge and, and vibe and like for example I just started taking up gymnastics mm -hmm. so one of my goals <coughs> at the start of the year was to be able to master a back somersault you know, I've been wanting to do it for years, but I've never put it down on paper. So now I put it down on paper. I've made myself accountable to it because I can see it when I look at my journal. So then my, my first steps were, right, uh, look at a how-to video on YouTube just so I could see r roughly like what I'm in for. Okay, and then my next step was go to uh, contact a gymnastics club, get a coach, we uh, get weekly classes and, th and things like that. So I'm exactly the same in terms of that cooking one of my uh other <coughs> goals for this year was to learn 24 new completely new recipes all healthy recipes so what do i do contact a chef you know find out exactly new ways of cooking exactly the same i'm not i'm being accountable to myself because i want to do it but i'm also using a mentor to come in and be like right okay this is the, the guidance you need and obviously this is what i do for other people all day long mm -hmm. so i know the importance that I can have on someone uh, if they come to me with a goal. And I know I can get them there. As long as they're accountable for them, their own actions as well, I know I can get them there. Yeah. So having that mindset, trans uh, transferring that over to the things that I want to do, 100%. Wicked. 100%. So um, I wanted to ask, I was going to ask it earlier, but uh, we were just flowing. So um, you know you said you were doing semi-pro football. We're talking about American football here. No, this was soccer. Soccer. So this was Sutton United and Tottenham Mitchum. Wicked. Okay, I actually didn't know about that about you. And then you went into playing American football. Yeah, that sort of, as you say, things happen uh, for a reason. And um, like with the Rob Moore thing, uh, I loved, breathed, ate everything football uh, from the age of five onwards. Like I said, my dad coached me all the way up. And I think... Um, <coughs> When I, I played for Sutton from a cult age, so like uh, under 11s, all the way up to uh, the semi-pro team. And then I transferred to Tottenham Mitchum. And then finally left my next door neighbour, who was playing for AFC Wimbledon at the time. Um, he said, oh, it was like a Tuesday night. Do you want to come down and play five-a-side? We we're playing against Sutton United's five-a-side team. Mm -hmm. And then obviously I played for Sutton for so long, but now Tottenham Mitchum, so there was a bit of rivalry there yeah and then i remember my dad said to me before i left he went i don't like you playing this five-a-side football in case you get injured you know your main focus is you know he's finally got me to a pinnacle point where he can now sit in a stand and watch me you know he's coached me my whole life but obviously as a coach you have that 
coach vision, mm. like that coach mentality. You got to look after the team. It was always hard on me, but now he could just finally sit up in the stand and watch. And uh, I said, don't worry, dad, it'll be fine. Don't worry. What happened? Broke my ankle. Um, you know, and that spiraled me into a, like a dark place of, I thought my life was going one way and now boom, you can't have that life no more. And um, I tried to get back into football and my, my fitness was terrible by the time I'd recovered. So I went back to Sunday league football and uh, it just, I completely lost the love. You know, I was, I loved the game, um, but then it just turned into like fights and going to the pub after the game. And, you know, it's cool. I, I lost the love mm. and I was angry because I thought, oh, this is what I wanted to do in my life. Now it's yeah. gone. Um, and I always watched like American football. It always like interested me. So I just went on Google one time and I was like, oh, I want to go watch a game. Yeah. So see if there's anything local. And then yeah. they, I saw London uh, Olympians, one of the top teams had trials. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, let me just try it. I was angry, you know, went there, huge men. Like I was, I played football my whole life. So I was like a bag of bones, huge men. But I just fell in love with it. I loved everything about it, that, that team spirit, you know, the contact, everything. But the coaches pulled me up and was like, look, if you want to play this game, you've got to put on at least two stone. Fuck. Because like, you're, you know, you're going to get broken. Yeah. So I grafted for two years to put the weight on. Mm. and uh yeah and then then played that for about another six seasons after yeah that. i know you've got um in america i don't know so much about it i've actually learned a, a bit from you college football and then you've got the nfl nfl yeah. both major massive uh, yeah. uh sports so well yeah. they're both the same yeah. sport but different like yeah. sort of uh sectors of it in america massive money behind it um over here i wouldn't say it's as mm. that big of a culture but when I've when I've looked into it, I mean the guys in it, like you say, mm. the team spirit that they've got, the yeah. passion that they've got, yep. and these people are true athletes. I mean, yep. the question has come up a couple of times as well. Like, what's tougher, rugby or American <laughs> football? You've probably heard this it's, one a couple of times. It's it's different. I mean, you could say the same for like, um, say UFC and yep. boxing. Yeah, yeah. What's what's a tougher sport? You speak to a boxer, they're going to be like. Um, boxing's an art, you know, it's chess, it's mental, it's everything like that. Boxing's tougher. You speak to a, a guy fighting in a cage, you're like, obviously fighting in a cage because you can use elbows, you can yeah. kick, you know. It's, it's two different things. Yeah. It's two different sports. I played rugby at school. We had a lot of guys, like South African guys in particular, that played for uh, my American football team yeah. that had come from rugby backgrounds. Yeah. It's, just, it's two different kinds of impact, like, so what I'd say to people is, you know, I love rugby. I love watching it. The differences are you can only tackle the ball carrier and it's got to be a grapple tackle. So you have to get your arms or and attempt to get your arms around the tackler. Basically waist height as well, roughly. Yeah, normally waist height. Obviously you can't go around the neck in rugby. American football is a lot more high impact. Anything goes. Almost. Anything kind of goes. Anyone can hit anyone as long as you don't grab the face. But... Obviously, over in this country, when you play, there's not 15 cameras filming it. Yeah. So it's a bit more like Sunday football. You can get away with a lot more stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there always has to be an ambulance at the game because the injuries are just ridiculous. Like people flying 100 miles an hour, yeah. hitting anyone low, high. I mean, I've had my fair number of injuries playing it, but it's that 
it's that buzz yeah. that you get. You can't you can't replace it. It's just like you know when you step in the ring, you know you've got that feeling, that that adrenaline. Yeah, it's something that's very difficult to replace. Yeah, when you're out of the ring. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, that I mean, those are the main differences. I love both sports, um, but I do feel like American football uh, is a lot more chaos. I would say. Uh, yeah. Like just seeing people get taken out from like head height and they yeah. literally do a 360 yeah. spin in the air, yeah. then land and then yeah. 20 or well, 10 guys jump on them. I yeah. mean, it seems yeah. brutal. But I mean, yeah, like, like it's funny because um, I chat to Charlie a lot, Charlie beat. Um, and I say to him, I don't know how you stand in a ring and get punched in the nose and not lose your temper. You know, how he can just be so focused and like have all these things, all these fists flying at him. And he can just still stay so calm and do what he has to do. Yeah. But vice versa, he's like, I don't understand how you can have someone come and hit you that you're not even looking at. Yeah. You know, with their whole body. Yeah. And they'll they'll jam their helmet right into your ribs. You've got no protection on your ribs. And it, it, again, it's just two different things. And same with American football and boxing. You're trying to knock the other person out. Mm -hmm. Same, if, if I told you now, your job, your coach is going to come to tell you, you're going to sprint and take that guy out there. That's your main job. Knock him out. Right? He's not even going to be looking at you. He's going to be looking at the ball carrier. And then you're filled with that adrenaline to think that guy right there, as soon as that whistle goes, full speed to try and KO him. It's, it's mental. Crazy it's mental. stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's something that I find hard to replace, which I actually lead on to why I did this crazy 24-hour challenge. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's that kind of that fight or flight mode that you're yeah. getting. I come down to support you. It's one of the t-shirts here. Also, yep. uh, Mimboso, we uh, help sponsor, raise some money for it. Yep. So, um, yeah, tell us what, why you done it. What was the purpose wow. of doing it? Wow, so basically, um, when I started here at Light to Lift, uh, I remember Charlie uh, selling, selling me the idea and the vision saying, oh, we, we support this charity over in, in Africa. Um, so when I asked our whereabouts it was, uh, and he mentioned Zambia, mm -hmm. I already had a close connection with Zambia growing up. My best friend that I grew up with, my like partner in crime, he was a uh, Zambian, like Zambian family. So I spend a lot of time with his family. So I felt this instant, ah, oh, like connection towards it. And, uh, you know, suggested, oh, we should go out as a group and whatnot. Basically, long story short is I went over on my own. Mm -hmm. It's an orphanage over in uh, Zambia, a place called Eden Farm, which yep. is run by a charity uh, based out of <clears throat> life support. And they had set up this farm, or they, they took over a farm that was just not being used, and uh, they basically uh, turned it into an orphanage. And they uh, were taking in, uh, you know, kids that had had, like vulnerable kids that had had really bad upbringings or, you know, their parents were killed and stuff like that. Um, so basically, I went over there with no real clue of what to expect, but I thought, you know what, this is part of my path, my journey. Like, I just, I felt inside a connection. And you know when you feel like you're supposed to do something? Yeah, it's like a gut feeling. Yeah. No one can describe yeah, no why, one. but it's like this sixth sense suddenly just... Yeah, and I had that, and I had so many people coming up to me saying, Chris, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you've never been to Africa before. You've never travelled on your own. So like, why are you doing this, like... You know, and I was just like, don't worry, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I just knew that I was supposed to do it. And um, anyway, fast forward down the line, got really uh, attached uh, to it, you know, came a big part of me and and uh, why I do what I do. 
And um, I was chatting to Sam uh, one Friday morning and I was like, Sam, I want to I wanna do something big. Like each year I'd gone out, you know, raised the money with Woodbury House to do the playground. Yeah, it's one I, of the t-shirts that we got made. Yeah, um, I had waxed my whole body to raise money. I had... You ate a, a tarantula. Yeah, I ate a tarantula. That is the most craziest thing. Ever. Yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I ate a fucking tarantula. Yeah. I mean, that is... A hairy one, like the size of my face. Mate, I'm scared of them, let alone if I can eat the thing. But yeah, but I, I was like willing to do those kinds of things. But basically, one Friday morning, 6am, the usual 6am crew were in. And I was saying, Sam, I want to do something like, you know that people are going to think you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. And uh, basically out of this random <laughs> still half asleep conversation that we had, we come up with doing uh, in CrossFit terms, they call it an EMOM, which is an every minute on the minute challenge. So we was going to, well, I was going to have to uh, lift my body weight, which was 85 kilos at the time on either a bench press, a deadlift or a squat. And just do one rep, but hit it every minute for 24 hours. No breaks. So that, that was the, the thing. And that's what had a lot of people going, nah, impossible. But again, I had this gut feeling that I just knew I was going to be able to do it. Yeah. And that I was like, I want to raise big money. I want to raise like 15 grand. I want to build another orphan home over there. Um, you know, we could then get another, I think, eight kids in, house mother. It would be amazing. Like, you know, we can really start making some changes over there. And, um, but again, people come up to me going, nah, I don't think you can, I don't think you can do, why don't you just do 12 hours? Yeah. You know, or why don't, instead of trying to raise 15 grand, Chris, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, we're not in an affluent area here. Mm. You know, why don't you just uh, raise five grand or something like that? Yeah. But I just knew, I was like, no. I said to Charlie, I want to stick it up on the wall. On that tally chart there, all the way up to 15 grand. Accountability again. And uh, yeah, again, I love, I love Charlie and he's always, he's been a great guidance for me since I've been at the gym like last, I don't know, nine, 10 years. And uh, I could see on his face, he's like, Chris, are you sure you want to put it up there? Like, yeah, I don't want you to be like, feel like you're let down or, you know, and stuff like that. I was like, Charlie, like, it's fine. I've got this. It's fine. Yeah, I've yeah. got it. Like, as if I'm like crazy. I'm like, it's fine. Like, I've, I, I dreamt about it. I dreamt that I'd already done it. Like, you know, I was visualizing like that feeling of completing the 24 hours. But people, everyone were coming up to me going, mate, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Chris. And uh, I was like, you know what? I need more accountability. Let me contact the papers. I, wanted to, I want the local town to know what I'm doing. Jeez. Yeah, I put it up on social media. This is what I'm doing. This is what's going down on this date. So yeah, the, the date come round. We got like a load of celebrities involved to, to shout it out went on the radios mm -hmm. um it was awesome and then uh where we started every minute for 24 hours lift the 85 kilos and uh, we had hundreds of people coming in and out the gym we had a barbecue set up we had live music we had djs coming to play it was awesome and um everything was like you know going well and 10 hours in uh it was two o'clock in the morning I hit this wall that I'd never experienced in my life. And I had trained pretty much from the age of five, like played sports, you know, been competitive from an early age. And uh, I hit this wall like nothing I've ever felt before. And I've done, I don't know if you've experienced it, but, you know, so much self-doubt in, in one moment there. And um, I was thinking, 
like my body's wrecked. I've been doing this for 10 hours. My hamstrings are sore, my knees are swollen and I've still got 14 hours. I'm not even halfway through. Like, and that feeling of wanting to quit, I've never felt that so bad in my life. Mm. And it was quite emotional because mm. I couldn't stop because I had to keep doing it. Mm. That was the thing and it was live stream. So I couldn't stop, but it hit me hard. Like I've never felt that feeling before. And I had um, my training partner in at two o'clock in the morning, Johnny, and he goes, mate, it's just a wall. It's just a wall. You push through that wall, you'll, you'll do it, you'll do it. And I'm like, Johnny, mate, I, I don't know. You could just see on my face. I don't even think I was speaking at this point. I was like, you could just see the pain. And um, I managed to, to, to push through uh, those few hours, horrible hours in the early hours of the morning. And then uh, it actually got to 11 o'clock. So I had five hours left. And um, I ended up increasing the weight to 90 kilos just because I thought mentally now I've got this. Yeah. So again, my, my mental strengths now kicked in. I'm like, yeah, you've got this. Boom. An hour after that, now I can't take the weight down lighter again. So, but then I started really struggling physically. Um, and then the last few hours was like hell. It was hell. I mean, I had so much support in here, but I was so out of it by that point. Yeah. Uh, it was difficult to really focus on what was going on. And it was definitely, definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. But I remember just asking um, another another Sam that, that helped me set it all up, saying, Sam, have we hit that 15? You know, I've dreamt about this moment. You know, tell me we've hit the 15 grand. Like, I need to hear it. And he was going, Chris, mate, we're so close. And I'm like, Sam, I've given everything. Like, I've got nothing left to give. Like, if we don't hit it, like, come on. He's like, just keep going, just keep going. Uh, people showing me pictures of the kids that obviously that I go out and see. Mm. Uh, real emotional last couple of hours. And I just remember Charlie, an amazing moment, had um, five, five, 10 minutes left. And he said, you know, we're so close. We're about 600 pound under, you know, and there was loads of people in here, 600 pound under. And I'm like, I still feel that, this feeling now. And, uh, so he was like, come on guys, like pass the bucket round. I see kids like with their parents asking for their pocket money so they could put their pocket money in, you know, amazing moment. Like, and you know, I'm thinking, boy, if a, if a tiny kid's doing that, you know, he's, he's, he understands or she understands yeah. like, I've got to push more, I've got to push more. And uh, for three minutes to go, Charlie announced that we raised over 16 and he wow. was just hiding it. Like that last bit there, you know, everyone, putting that money in, like we had people donating online and stuff. Um, and I, it, I just had this surge of energy. So I've been going for 23 hours, 57 minutes, you know, nothing left. And that surge of energy, I bust, bust out like 10 reps of each thing to finish. But I was so delusional by that yeah. point. I didn't know, I couldn't hear the music. Like I couldn't, people You're were telling inside. me to stop. Like I'd finished and I was still going and oh, I was just, Amazing. And then since then we raised over 18, 18 and a half ish. It's incredible. Grand, uh, and it finished another two homes over there and built a completely new one. So it completely renovated now three new extra homes, um, which has just been amazing. And I got to go out again in October um, and help finish them off. And I mean, they've done an amazing, I keep giving Michael, the guy that runs it, I give him a lot of work over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. But, um, yeah, I still, I still think about that every day. So a good thing that 
you know, pushing yourself to that limit, you know, you have other things that come up that are challenging in your life. Yep. You can really sort of sit back and think like, come on, how can I deal with this? Yep. I can get through this. Yeah. Um, and not have that kind of victim mentality where, you know, everything's so hard and life's against me and stuff. Cause everyone has their own challenges. You know, you walk down the street, walk past 50 people, everyone's got their own stuff going on. Yeah. You know, so as long as you have that mindset where, you know, you can, you know, push through. Mm -hmm. That's why I love the gym, man. Every day you're getting challenged. Yeah. Building up that strength for your willpower. Exactly. And then you can transfer that over. The, um, I love what you just said there, mentioned about like the mindset, but like not becoming a victim. Because I, I say this to when I go do like sales training talks, motivational mm. speeches, I guess, I talk about winner's mindset, loser's mindset. And unfortunately, if you've got this victim mentality all the time, there's no power. You can't learn, you can't take control of the situation, you can't do anything. So you need to get out the habit of, you know, everything's against me. Like you just mm. said, I'm a victim rather than fight. You now need to find power and yep. take full ownership. Even yep. if you're going through the worst hell ever, mm. find ownership in it. Yeah. Own the situation and move on from there. I was actually going to say like, so when you're going through the, the, the painful, like there's going to mm. be some self-doubt, which is normal mm. to feel. When you, when you have that scenario in your life, family life, again, business or anything you're doing, my number one, one rule is when the emotions start speaking, not the logic, the emotion, mm. what, either you're really too excited or you're, too low they both can be dangerous sometimes allow a minute or a couple of minutes just to go yep. past and then rethink about it yeah and normally when i've done that i think you know what if i had a responded or acted in a way just a minute ago because of my emotion i would have gone down a completely different path yep. and i think um i think it's so important to realize sometimes that your emotion speaking and yep. to let that go and then yep. just you know think about it logically and i think that the helpful thing with the gym training, I feel like you get to learn that. Because like, yeah. like you said, you had self-doubt, but you yeah. knew, going back to the thing, the AJ thing, yeah. about your body, your mind is actually stronger than you think. That, that obviously got you through it. Um, so about the, a bit more about the charity then. So we, Woodbury, uh, yeah. obviously donated some money. Yeah. We believed in the cause. We believe in what you're doing, the vision, everything else. I haven't gone over there. I'd love to at some point, part of my, yeah. my vision board. Um, we paid for a playground, playground, yeah. playground that and was, then that was awesome. Yeah, that and was then, awesome. and then since then you've gone on to do other stuff. I mean, from the, from the time you went there first to the last time, your ongoing sort of support. How how mm. many lives do you think it's changed? How much, what has it done to the community? Oh with man, with the playground as well that we've yeah, done. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So when the first trip I went, um, you know, they were still a lot more developed than when they started. So they started it about 10 years ago, okay. 11 years ago now, um, you know, and it was just a derelict farm, right? And then now to go there, each year I've been there, it's progressed dramatically. Uh, I mean, when I first went, it was so like stereotypical what you'd see on the TV. Mm -hmm. The kids were like, you know, hitting an old bicycle tire with a stick, you know, or just, you know, just playing in the in the dirt and, and stuff. But they're they're happy with that, right? Yeah, I remember so, the one one of the things. Uh, I'm, I'm remembering mm. the snippets now of like old conversations we've had. Uh, 
over here we've got everything it appears yeah. you know we've got technology yeah. we've yeah. got you know iPhones yeah. we've got Instagram we've got, access to we've got clothes yeah. we've got clean water we've got you know sewage systems yeah. we've got infrastructure you know we've got all yeah. this stuff going on and you said that the some of the happiest people you've ever come across yeah. Yeah. are the people in Zambia where they don't have any of that but they find life really exciting yeah. and I just remember that thinking some of the problems that I feel that I've got I've, yeah nothing yeah. you know like really nothing at the, at the end of the day you know all these material things you know you're not going to be able to take with you yeah you know it's it's you know nice to see the instagram people you know with you know how amazing their life looks uh, but at, at the end of the day it all comes down to to love like you know if you don't really love yourself and you can't love other people and you show no love you know it's it's not going to be a, a fun life to live People can mask that with, you know, posting ridiculous things on social medias and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, the people that I've met and the like, the real good friends that I've met over in uh, at Eden Farm in Zambia, you know, they've had upbringings where they haven't had any of these things. Yet, you know, they're so happy because they understand love. They understand what's important. They understand the need for family, for friendship. Like, you know, and it's so powerful to be around. And, you know, I would love for more people to experience, you know, what I've experienced and, and, and to come over and be a part of it because it is it is life-changing. Mm. It is life-changing. And uh, I know some of my clients that have been out there, it's, you know, they've got to witness. It's so difficult to explain you know, I can say this is what it's like, but until you go out there and you feel it, you have that emotion and that it hits you deep. That's when you know you're gonna people are gonna understand. You know what's important. You know, like yeah, you might have a burst tire. I had a nail in my tire yesterday. Oh, life's so hard, right? I have to take it to the tire shop. You know, and then how much is that gonna cost? And then I'm gonna be late for this, that, like all those things now are just like. It just goes over my head. I'm just, accept it, right? Is it really important? Mm. Is it worth getting like frustrated and angry about? And that, that's, that's the biggest thing I've taken, you know, from it, how it's affected my life is, you know, all the, the stresses. And I've been through this last two years, so I won't get into it now, but some of the worst stresses where people have come up to me that know my situation, they've gone, oh, I'm so sorry. It must be so hard for you, you know, trying to give me sympathy, you know, which is a normal thing to do, you know, but I'm, I don't want to be a victim, yeah. you know, and I'm not, and I, I'm accountable for the things that I do and the life that I live. Yeah. And I think, you know, how can I be down and upset about the life that I have? You know, I'm here just drinking water whenever, you know, the first time I went over, there was a drought, there was no water. And when I'm saying there was no water, like you find a tap, you turn it, there's nothing coming out of it. You know, and that's like, scary, man. yeah, but that's, that's, that's the reality. Mm. That's the reality of it. And like, this is happening today. Like while we're sitting here now, like that's still happening. And I think, you know, with the whole like purpose that I feel that I have now, you know, it's given me such a sense of purpose and that gets me up every morning that keeps me accountable. Yeah. Because, you know, I can't stop slacking. Yeah. You know, there's bigger things in this world than trying to, you know, 
get the next car or the next thing for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I'm here to create ripples for other people to realize that, yeah, health, fitness, very important. You know, you have to be strong within yourself. But now what are you going to do with that strength? You know, there's other people out there that, that, could, that could use that strength that you have. Yeah. You know, and that's my big thing that I push for my clients is that whole fit for purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You're, being, you're, you're becoming fit, but why? Yeah. Is it, you know, it doesn't have to be my project, uh, the thing that I, my purpose, but, you know, why are you fit? Right. Is it because now you have a family, you've got a kid, you know, you want to be strong for them. You want to be able to take your kid out to the park and run around with them as they get older. You know, you don't want to be out of breath or being like, no, you go out and do your own thing. You know, you want to be there for them. That's how I think people can stay on top of their, their goal. Yeah. So, so many people go into the fitness side of things and think, I want to do this new year's resolution. And then by February, they, they quit because they're not attaching their goal to something deep enough. Mm. So that's what I, I'm a big believer in is like being fit for purpose. You know, I know like I'm busting my ass in here day in, day out to have a bigger purpose than just trying to look good. Yeah. You know, I want to go and I want to make an impact. Yeah. I want like when I'm over there with the kids and we've got a hundred kids uh, that there's, there's a school at the orphanage now and I'm doing a fitness class with all the kids and they're loving and they're laughing and they're, they're like gritting with the pain from holding the squat and stuff like that. And I'm thinking way back to when I was sitting doing my PT course. Yeah. You know, thinking, oh, this is for me. This is what I want to do. You know, I want to be fully booked with clients, you know. And now I'm, st I'm over in another part of the world with people that have nothing, but I'm still sharing what I love, you know, and that, that whole fitness aspect. Mm. And I think that's what people need to do. If people can take one thing away is whenever you find a goal that you want to achieve, you know, make it big, make it scary, but be excited about it, but attach it to something deep, you know? And uh, I think that becomes like a bulletproof way to, to succeed mm -hmm. with that. Sorry, I can rant. No, no, it's great. It, it's yeah. very, very valuable uh, content. And um, part of the demographic I'm looking to try and get this podcast out to um, are maybe some of the younger people that have, feel like I haven't got so much direction yet, but hopefully yeah. with the education, inspiration, motivation I'm getting mm. from hopefully myself, but also yeah. some of the great guests that I've been uh, in interviewing, it will give them little things that they can take away, adopt yeah. and put in, them yeah. into their own life, and yeah. then they can go on and achieve great things. I feel that, you know, the, the, the charity uh, stuff that you're doing is giving you, like you said, that mm. purpose, you've got a vision. Mm. It get, you get out of bed with that energy, so when you are training your clients or looking at your businesses or looking at your yeah. own brand, there's a reason why you want to make things yeah. as perfect as they can be. So yeah. moving on to that then, so Dream Fitness is what your the brand is. Yeah. You've got a, an app, which yeah. I, I've downloaded. Um, you've also got your nutritional programs that people follow. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell us a bit more about that and about the business side of it. So the, bu things. Like the business side is, you know, when I started personal training, my goal was to become a fully booked personal trainer. I thought that was the, the best life I could live, and uh, which I did. You know, I, I put the hustle in. I grinded clients six in the morning till nine in the evening, five days a week. Clients Saturday morning, and then also a boot camp on the Sunday. 
So, you know, I, for the first few years of my PT career, I was just grinding through clients, grinding through clients, you know, putting my whole life was just like, you know, catered to, to the business. And um, then uh, I wanted to uh, sort of step back a bit more and think, well, I've maxed out my clients in a day. Like I'm doing 15 hours a day. I can't make no more money. Everything else is getting more expensive. I can only charge so much. So then I thought, like, let me restructure it differently. <coughs> So I restructured my whole personal training business differently, which has been amazing. You know, on a business point of view, I technically make more money now for working probably four four hours a day. Yeah. Um, and is that it, a, a whole thing as well of working hard serves a purpose if you're working at the right things, but working smart. I know it's cliche, yeah. but yeah, it's exactly it's exactly right. So again, I had Charlie to thank for that. I mean, he saw the hustle I was on, and. Uh, he, we sat down just outside and he said like, you know, you should look at restructuring how you work things. Like, you know, you've got a really good business model, um, but let, let's look at structuring it differently. And I took the risk, I, I restructured it and it was, it's been amazing. Like now I'm fully booked for, for PT, which is like four, three, four hours a day. Uh, take a few days off in a week uh, up until June. I booked that in last October. So, you know, I don't have to necessarily worry. I've cut my clients down to on a PT level. Uh, so I can provide them a better service. Um, but then with the extra time that I had, I'm not just sitting around doing nothing. You know, I like to be on the move. I like to be thinking of new ideas and, and ways I can improve and grow. So we created the, uh, the Dream Fitness UK app. And that is now a customization program app uh, for clients that go worldwide. So, you know, you come to me, you live in... So like I'm going to yeah. be in Dubai from tonight. I'm flying yeah. right on business. So I'm definitely going to be training. I chose a hotel based upon its gym as well. Because yep. literally, like you said at the start, lifestyle, lifestyle. I have yep. to be training. So I'm going to go on this app. What can I do? So I've already set you up a plan. So one of the workouts is one we've done this morning. Okay. Really simple to follow. You just log into the app. It comes out of your program. Okay. Exactly what you have to do. Each exercise has a HD video from different angles showing you exactly how to do it. It's got notes and uh, description to say, right, you know, keep this form, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then your rep ranges, your sets, your rest time, everything is there, simple, laid out. You just go through the program. You can play the videos if you want. You can also collect uh, uh, a note section. So, say this morning, you know, you were lifting. 50 kilo dumbbells, which he was, obviously. Um, I was. You know, you pop 50 kilo, you can save that in there. So next time you do it, you know, you know, right, I did 50, let me try 55 this time. All right, so, and again, the accountability is something that I want to address. So obviously, being a PT and you come and see me, you're accountable in this hour now. But how can I give that accountability feel when you're in Dubai? Yeah. So you write in the weight you use, you save it, it goes straight into my phone, into yep. my app. So I can check tomorrow when you're over in Dubai. And there's no way of cheating it. Yeah, there's no way of cheating it out. And you can actually, I can ask for video footage. So okay. you can set and film yourself, it saves it into the app, it goes, sends it through to me direct. So now I've got clients here, I've got clients over in Zambia even, I've got clients in America and stuff like that. And, That's great. Um, it's just a real good like community vibe where they feel part of the dream team. They feel like, you know, they've got me as a PT, but in their pocket. And, you so, know, so that was something, that was another avenue that I spread. I wanted to uh, help more people. Um, and, and then again, tying that back into then, I use the money that I earn from that 
I take a percentage and then I donate it uh, each month. That's sick. To the charity. I'm going to um, post your app uh, on our platform in Boso to see what the community there thinks. So it'll be interesting to get the feedback from them. Yeah. So look out for that. Yeah. Um, going to wrap it up very shortly then so we can find you on Instagram you've got a good following on there at the moment about 13,000 yeah yeah I mean I I try to deliver what I'm about um, you know and you know not everyone's going to agree with you know the things that you do or the ways that you live your life of course Um, so I try not to get caught up on on the numbers but uh, yeah it's it's, it's done it's done quite well Uh, I post a lot about obviously the, the charity work um, workouts and, and just things that I'm doing, my nutrition that I follow. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that's Dream Fitness UK. Okay. Um, Got your own website and not yeah. also you're on Facebook, I take it? Uh, Facebook is a no-no. Okay. Um, I mean, I try and limit my social media time because I'm heavy on Instagram through through my business and work and stuff like that. It works quite well. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I try and limit it to just that. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, just, just Instagram, really. Um, and my website is dreamfitness.co.uk. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that. Good stuff. Um, I always leave my podcast with uh, my little catchphrase, which is be happy, never content. I've explained it so many times, but rather than me explaining it, when I say that, what, what's your perception of, of that saying? Be happy, never content. That would uh, cross into something similar that, I would normally say as well, which is uh, be happy, never satisfied. Okay. So, but these, all these quotes are like really good. But again, like you said, it's what you take out of it. And happiness is a lot simpler than, uh, than people make out. Right. So for me, being happy is, you know, waking up each day, excited for the day ahead, you know, and with all things that happen in life, you know, you could wake up, something unexpected happens and it can, you know, you can react to it and it can change your mood. So being happy for me is being present, being present in the moment. Like right now I'm here with you. Like I'm in this conversation. I'm not trying to think about any, anything else than, than this. And for me, if as the more you can be present, you know, the more you'll be happy. You know, I think people worry a lot about the future or are negative towards their own past. And they spend a lot of time not in the actual present moment. So true. So I think, yeah, that, that happiness thing, the more you can be happy. Cool. But then obviously not content so that you want to... Uh, push on. Push on, keep growing. You know, have that vision of the future, but execute it in the present. That's what I would say. Anyway. Good man. All right. Any, anything else you want to share with anybody or anything coming up or any goals or anything you want to say uh, to round it off? I'll be back over to Zambia in October. Okay. Again, um, the charity is called Life Support. So you can check them out. It's a non-profit. They're absolutely amazing. Uh, the people that, that work within that charity, like, you know, so humble. You know, it really makes you check yourself, keeps you grounded. So check out some of the work they did. Um, if you go on Light to Lift's YouTube channel, uh, there's some like montage videos of some of the trips I've done if, if people wanted to uh, uh, check out some more footage of that um, and another that be present be happy good stuff yeah, mate uh, this is going to come out in about two weeks time this podcast is also going to go on uh, my YouTube channel 
and no doubt I'll be sharing it all with you anyway. Yeah, they could probably find it on your Instagram and stuff. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's gonna take two weeks to edit out all my. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be on Mimboso as well, so check that yep. out. So nice one, Chris. Thank yep. you very, very much, brother. Looking pumped as well. Look at those traps, damn. That's it.